Good morning and welcome back to Chat by the Pitch. This is Ian Babcock, your host. This is a three-part episode. It's kind of unique for me because my intros actually took 45 minutes. I have three coaches on. They are part of Lincoln Football Academy. They are also three coaches with Solar Soccer Club. Now, as you guys listen to their intros, their intros are long and short at the same time. Some of them are short and some of them are long. But the message they convey is very important. So I hope you guys listen to what they have to say and get ready for part one. So let's start this chat and head to the pitch. My name is Hugo Salcedo. I, uh, well, I'm from Mexico originally. I, I grew up there until I was 12 years old. Um, and uh, I've been living basically half of my life in Mexico and half of my life here. Uh, man, since, since I was, since I can remember, I've, I've been just involved in football and soccer. Um, since I was young, uh, my family has just been, been in love with it. So uh, from my cousins to my, to my uh, uncles and we just go to, to stadiums and, since I was young, uh, my my I'm or, originally from Torreon, and it's a it's a city of the north of Mexico, and um, that's where I started playing playing football uh, at the at the club Santos Laguna. I was in the in the youth academy there, and then uh, we just started moving from from uh, different cities. I've always been my family's always been on the move until uh, whenever I was twelve years old. Uh, we moved to uh, Dallas, and uh, from there, just uh, it was a little bit tough coming to to a well to a city that just wasn't in love with football as much as as I was. Um, but uh, since I was man, there, there's uh, I think in in another in another interview, I was telling uh, them that. Even at six years old, I remember just asking my parents, "Hey, I, I need to stay home for for because the the 2002 World Cup was happening, the Korea in Japan, so the games were at 4 a.m. So I needed to. Um, I was I was asking my parents not to go to school because it would start at six ish, and um, I wanted to watch the games. I wanted to watch Mexico play, and I wanted to watch um, other countries play. So at six years old, since then, I've been I've been in love." So coming over here to the United States, um, it was a little bit tough finding finding academies here uh, that that I that uh, had the same love that I had. Um, but uh, yeah, I played high school here uh, in Allen. I went to uh, it was uh, uh, my junior and senior year were a little bit rough. I just there's different pathways that that uh, I could have chosen differently. So um, at 18 years old, uh, there was a an opportunity with a coach that I had. Um, I didn't end up going to college uh, to play soccer, but uh, coach invited me to start um, coaching at this. Uh, it was called um, SEC, um, European Soccer School. I would coach Tony. Now, um, I believe, uh, what's the what's the club name that he has? Do you remember the club name, Anthony, that he has now? Um I know it's European soccer school is still around. It might be the same thing. Yeah, maybe the same thing. But, uh, well, I started with uh, him, 
give me the opportunity. Um, just as a as an intern, I was getting the the under 15s, under 16s, and uh, at the end, he he gave me a a U8 team, which was very tough for me at that time because I had no idea how to coach. Um, then I went to uh, UNT, the University of North Texas. There I met uh, a couple of great coaches, uh, Coach uh, Daniel Dobson and Coach Matt, which later introduced me to uh, Coach Anthony. From there, um, I got the opportunity to work with the with the NCAA uh, D1 women's team. I worked with them for about a year, a year and a half, almost two years, won a conference USA uh, title with them. And um, after that, met coach anthony he uh he presented a, an amazing project which was very small club lincoln uh and i was coaching back at bbv back then and uh it was a really really good project that he presented to me um and from there man it's just been uh a grind with with lincoln and now um with uh we decided uh, coach anthony uh, the director decided to to make a move into uh, solar, which uh, now we believe it was the best pathway for for all of our players and all of our coaches, um, just because of the competitive environment that we needed. Um, and and now we're here. Now we're here, uh, giving that push, that extra push, uh, developing all the players possible, and uh, creating that that mentality that we at Lincoln still have because it's not an, an academy, but uh, um, with different projects, but uh, now we're doing it both uh, at Lincoln and at Solar with our, with all of our teams. So my name is Raul uh, Pierro. I was born in Juarez, Chihuahua um, back in 1996, right? So, uh, Born there when I was about seven years old, I moved to El Paso, Texas, which is on the other side of the border. Um, again, just like just like Coach Hugo and probably most most coaches out there, um, from the first, my first toy was a soccer ball, right? Like that's my dad came up to the hospital. He went, he he checked, he made sure I was a, I was a, I was a male, and the first thing he bought me was a was a soccer ball. So I remember that soccer ball when I got to about five years old. That soccer ball was completely destroyed, no panels outside, just the whole the the camera in the middle, right? Um, but that, that that was one of the best uh, memories I have, uh, just from being with my dad, just picking that ball, and I remember just seeing that ball deteriorate little by little, right? Um, and whenever I was about, you know, thirteen, fourteen, I started playing with a with a team. Uh, fourteen. I was I started playing with a team in in Mexico on the third division, right? So it was the third division in Mexico. Uh, so I was playing against players who were you know, 18, 19, 20 years old. Um, and of course the first the first season that I was there, I didn't play I didn't play that much. Then the second season when I was 15, um, that's when I actually started playing a lot more games. We made it to playoffs. Um, that was a, I was a starter um, and I was I was able to get a lot of minutes there. From there, um, graduated graduated high school when I was 17, so a little earlier just because of the month that I was born in. Um, from there I went to to the University of Dayton. Um, that's a division one division one school over there in Ohio. Um, when I was there, I I liked the the intensity 
it was a, it was a, it was a shock for me because the type of soccer that you play um, in the in the south is not the same as how they play in the north. So when I went over there to players who were, you know, a whole foot, you know, taller than me, six foot six, six foot five center backs and um, six foot one midfielders. And I was used to five foot 10 midfielders. I was used to six foot um, center backs, right? Um, so that was one of the first lessons that soccer taught, like one of the first lessons that soccer taught me after uh, youth soccer, right? Um, just the, the the difference in 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 how they would see the game compared to us. Um, then after University of Dayton, um, that had already during my tenure as a, as a as a youth player with uh, uh, with Solis Solis FC in 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 Juarez in the third division. I was also playing with an FC Dallas um, FC Dallas affiliate academy in El Paso. Um, and I would go and, and play with FC Dallas Academy every um, every month, every every two three months. Uh, and, and and actually, uh, when I came to about you know three or four um, summer, um, you know the little the, uh, like ID camps or things that they have, and they invite some players from El Paso, and we go over there and um, they take a look at us, um, tournaments and all that stuff, right? Um, so when I went to the University of Dayton, I went there for the first semester. But since I wasn't, I wasn't having too much success, and the school, even though I was having a, a it was covering pretty much most of what I was, what I had to pay, uh, I was still having to pay a lot. Right, the school was like fifty thousand dollars. They were giving me about, you know, forty-eight, no, thirty-eight. So I still had to pay twelve thousand dollars a year, like about six thousand dollars a semester. So. Um, the second semester, I made a decision to go to Dallas because uh, an opportunity uh, arose where I can go back to Dallas and actually stay with the academy um, and be with them and all that, right? So I made the decision to move out, um, transfer to a community college in Dallas, and I started going, I started, um, you know, training there with the academy, uh, had a couple trainings with the first team, and I believe that that decision that I made was the one that that took me this direction, you know, that took me to the direction of, of, you know, higher level, higher level playing, higher level um, uh, exposure to, to, to higher level coaches and all that other stuff. Right. Um, the first coach that I had was Molina, you know, he, he's not an easy coach, but you know, it's, it, it was, a, it was a good experience. Um, the whole, the whole semester that I was there was, it was amazing. Uh, the times that I was able to, to train with the first team, of course, it was, they would just put you there like as a, as a mannequin or just use you in, in a certain way, but I didn't care. I didn't care. If if you wanted me to go and, and check some balls, I'll go and, and, and go get some balls and take them to the players, right? Like, I didn't care what I had to do. I just wanted to be there. Um, then from there, I went back to college to the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley, which is in, in Edinburgh. Um, now, that was a little bit of a harsher experience because I – the first week that I was there, they broke into my apartment and they stole our TV, computer, um, a lot of other stuff, right? Um, so right from the start, my experience there wasn't the best, right? I was I was struggling with with uh, just the way the way that the 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 school was running the like security or another stuff, right? Uh, after a year there, I made a decision to just move back to Dallas. Um, 
honestly just moved around a lot because of soccer, right? So I uh, went back to Dallas and I stayed here for, for a year um, playing for Richardson College, right? So every summer I would come back, FC Dallas invites you to 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 the summer college program. Um, and every summer I would go and, 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 and be there training with the first team um, and, and all that other stuff, right? So that summer that I had come back, I was speaking to one of the coaches there at SC Dallas, who's also a coach at Richland, spoke to him about my situation, um, ended up working out where I was able to come to, to Dallas, stay here for a year, play with, with Richland College since I, since I had registered with, with uh, Dayton. Um, and when I was there, I spent, I probably that was the year that I spent almost every day, almost every day of the spring season, just working on myself, right? Waking up at 6 a.m., um, go to the gym, take a, 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 a an hour and a half, two-hour training, and then go back home and then go to work and all that other stuff, right? Go to school and all that. Um, when I made the decision to do that, it was because I'd made the decision to, to take control over what was going on around me, right? So since I had moved, from Dayton to UTRGV to Richland, I was I was feeling in a point where where I didn't know if I wanted to keep playing soccer, right? Um, I had to make a decision whether I wanted to go and 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 pursue a, a, an academic career, or you know, playing soccer, right? I remember just even even after we won the national the national championship with Richland, I was I remember just sitting at a hotel just trying to think should I be should I be doing this. Should I should, should I still be playing soccer? Should I just go and 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 do something with with you know with college? You know, get a good degree, get a good job, all that other stuff. Um, thankfully, I made the decision to keep going. Um, it was it was a long it was a long time to to think about, but um, when I made the decision to keep keep going, then we went we went back to Dallas, spent the whole spring season there, the whole summer. Same thing with with the first team. Um, and then there I got the opportunity to go play for a Division two school in Kansas uh, called Fort Hay State University. I was there for two years, and the second year that I was there, we made it all the way to, to the national semifinal, and we lost in PKs. Uh, I scored mine, right? So that's important, right? Um, but we lost in PKs, and, and, and after that, um, that summer, right before I had gone to my last college season, I had the best the best summer with the first team. It was it was the best of the of the of the five summers that I was there with the first team. That last summer was the best one. Because every time, every summer, they 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 usually use more of like the the players that they think are, you know, the best that they have in that group. Right. So the players that they think they thought were the best were participating more in training with the first team and the others were more like on the side, touching the ball, you know, while 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 they they needed players, and then you would just go. Sometimes you would just stand in the middle, but you know it was whatever, right? Um, but that last summer, um, it was it was the 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 best summer, right? Every time I would go with the first team, they were using me the whole time. Every um, what's it, what's it called? Every scrimmage that we would play uh, within the team, uh, I was playing with them too. So I was next to. Uh, Marco Barrios, I was next to Matt Hedges, I was next to Mauro Diaz, I was next to Maxi Ruti, like players who, who who show you how the game should be played, right? Coaches like Jose Mabasan, like, um, um, what's it, what's it, 
Oscar Pareja, um, José Mas Brother, uh, Fabián, Fabián, uh, Coach Fabián, yes, right, so, um, some, some very good coaches, very good players that I was around with, right, learning a lot from them, um, just being next to players of that level makes you understand, you know, their first touches, their passes, their, their, how they open their body, how they, how they see the game before the ball's played to them. Um, and that's something that I tried to absorb as much as I could, right? I had to, some of the, some of the top center backs, I had another center back there next to me. His, he was a, a captain of the Honduran national team, Minor um, Figueroa, right? Um, another amazing person who, who just by watching him, I learned a lot, right? So after, after we finished that summer, um, went to college for my for my last season. Had a really good season, right? Um, I has I have spoken a little bit with with um, a, a coach over here in Dallas, um whose name is Marco Ferrucci, right? Um, I was talking to see if if there's a there's some if there's any future within FC Dallas. Um, unfortunately, that was another lesson that I learned um, after youth soccer is that you know it's a cutthroat business and you have to be lucky. You know it, it's it is just you being being good and being there and, and 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 working on yourself and getting better it's also you have to have a little bit of luck right um because it doesn't just it, it doesn't the decision doesn't fall with only one person with only the coach right it has to be the the director the sporting director the uh academy director the first team coach the so there's a lot of people who have to say yes before there's even an opportunity for you to to have that, you know, professional contract and all that, right? So when my when my last season of college ended, um, the coach that had been there for the last five summers, he decided that that's, that, that season, right before I, I graduated, that was going to be his last season, right? So he made the announcement in November that, that he was going to be moving on to Tijuana. Um, so all of a sudden, every single coaching coach that I had for the past five summers, you know, they left, right? So I come back, I come back to FC Dallas. They have the new team, the second team with, with North Texas. Uh, the first team is, you know, it was, it was a long shot in the beginning, right? But first team was already off the table, right? Just because all the coaches that I already knew had left, right? So I didn't have no connections there with, with, with the first team. But with the second team, I remember I went. I spoke to the second team coach, asked him if, if, if he would let me um, be there for a while, just while I try to find another team somewhere else. That's where I met Anthony, right? Um, that's where I met Anthony. I remember seeing Anthony when they told me he was 25 years old. I didn't, I didn't believe him. I didn't believe him. He looked like a like a 35 year old guy, uh, gray hairs, uh, and then the way he acted, it was like, oh, this guy has five kids at least, right? Mature. You know, responsible, <laughs> all that other stuff, and then I was like, "This guy, this guy must, you know, he must have like the whole family, a wife, everything, right?" But no, it ended up being just, just Anthony, right? Um, it was a great experience there too. Um, I f I feel like I should have I should have left earlier, but I didn't. I stayed there the whole the whole season. Um, but since FC Dallas again, this is something that also you know it teaches you a lot because. It's not just it's not just you playing good, um, but it's just a lot of other things, right? Like the first team had like three center backs that could come down and and play with the second team. The second team had already three center backs signed, and and, and the second team could 
bring up to two or three center backs who were at the level from the <clears throat> play. So when I got there, there was like three or three other center backs that we were just training there because there was no spots. There was no spots, right? Uh, too many players. Um, and that's why I started learning other stuff too of, of how how a professional team is run. Um, how the coaches meet before practice, after practice, all that other stuff. How they talk about um, different things. But I know that halfway through the season, Anthony, I know he 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 will he would say this. He will he will say this in in his part, right? But when Anthony was was there, he decided to become a a coach, right? Um, have to halfway through the season, uh, he made the decision that you know he was just gonna be the coach. Um, he joined the coaching staff with with uh, North Texas. And um, and he he was able to learn the the backside right the oh, what's it called the behind the scenes right I was able to to learn from from outside learn how how they prepare for every practice how they would put every session um, the structure every session from like warm up to activation to uh, technical drills and 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 you know passing drills things like that little small small sided um, reduced spaces right and then you know the big picture, what are we going to do, how are we going to play out the back, and all that other stuff, right? So for me, that experience was what made me the, the, the coach that I am now. Without that experience, I've, I'm sure I, would, I wouldn't I wouldn't be, at least not now, I wouldn't be as as confident and, and, and you know, for me, I believe I'm, I'm, I'm not delusional. I don't think I'm the best coach in, in Dallas, right? But I, I believe that the, the coaches that Anthony has there with Solar um, in Colleyville, our coaches who 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 take take the sport seriously and that they have that resume um, and, and 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 the ambition, the character, the uh, the discipline to keep to keep getting better as coaches. Right. Uh, one of the things that I've learned from from Anthony too is, is is just that how he how he's able to find those people who who who. Who can prove that? You know, who can be those? Who can be that coach, right? Who can who can grow as a as a, as a long term coach, um, and 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 be a good coach too, right? To the kids and all that, right? Um. So yeah, so after after North North Texas, um, I went to a couple of trials after um with my agent took me to like, uh, four or five different teams, but it wasn't working out. Um, unfortunately, pay pay in in the U.S. for lower league, um. Players is, is really bad. Um, some players pay are paid even like 600, 400 a month, which, you know, it's ridiculous, right? Um, but, you know, that's that's the point where, where, where soccer is right now in the U.S. Hopefully hopefully in the future, lower league players can start making a little better and, and even first team players, maybe they, they can start um, you know, making making more money too here in the U.S. Um, but, okay, so whenever I, uh, I decided to just hang the boots after those five, uh, trials where, you know, contracts were offered, but there was no, there was no reason for me to to choose that contract. Whenever I could, you know, be over here in, in Dallas and you know make another another path for myself. So I made the decision to just you know stop playing and hang the boots. Um, I came back to Dallas. Right, I remember when I came back to Dallas, I was thinking, okay, I need to get a job, right? And on my way to apply for the job, um, there was something in me that was pulling me away. I remember driving to to this restaurant because I was I was gonna work there as a server uh, while I found a a, a a job that I can use my degree with right finance right so 
I was driving to the place and I, I remember Anthony was, was coaching before with, with North Texas. He was coaching some privates, right? So I was driving over there. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to work for someone else. I don't want to work in a, I mean, I don't want to work in, 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 in an environment like, like a restaurant anymore. Right. It was, it's, it's heavy. It's hectic. Like it's something that I don't like doing. I mean, I like doing, but it's, but it's just because, you know, there was something that I would find. I was trying to find something more, something more uh, purpose, purposeful. Right. So I made the decision to call Anthony, asked him if, if, if I can, you know, basically be his student. You know, just go up to him and 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 be there next to him and learn from him, learn his his, his style and all that other stuff. So, um, Anthony told me the address, and for the last for the next two three months from from that point on, um, I was driving from from Frisco all the way to Colleville, um, just to go and and be there in his sessions, be there next to him in his in his, in his training, his his camps, all that other stuff. Um, that allowed me to create my company uh, that that I named Superbia. Uh, so I created my company to to private training, right? And 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 thankfully, Anthony gave me the 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 tools that I needed to be able to start it, right? And when I started coaching private, little by little, I started having a better uh, understanding of how to communicate with the player, how to let them know different things, how to how to uh, understand why he's doing certain things wrong and and how to change them, right? Um, and and all the things that, that that I learned while I was next to Anthony and 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 the things that I was learning as I was going through, um, helped my company just you know grow from just a small two three four player company to to having you know 60, 70 players. Um, and then when we made when then while I, while I was doing that, Anthony, um, I was still helping Anthony with some teams, um, but just just to help him out because he was he was letting me use his field, uh, and I was helping him out with with assisting in in, in coaching uh, his U nineteen so U seventeen at that point. Also, no, Anthony, it was U seventeen. Um, so I was helping them coach that, learning a little more. Um, once once I got to the point where where you know I felt ready. Um, I didn't even ask Anthony for for the team, but Anthony came up to me, asked me if if, if I was interested in, in actually taking care of a team, and that was the first team I ever had, which is which was last summer, right? That was the first um, head coach position that that I've had, right? Um, Anthony came up to me, asked me if, if if I was interested in doing it. I said yes, uh, of of course, absolutely. Uh, of course, at first I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, should I should I start it? Should I not? Right? But I made the decision. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, it's it's, it's time, right? It's time. Um, it was a lot of a lot of um, a lot of lessons the first season. Um, a lot of lessons the first season just to just to understand how how different is being an assistant to being a head coach, right? Uh, the way that the players look at you, the 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 the, the way that players expect you to 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 know to know stuff and to you know um, and if you don't know your stuff, they'll they'll lead you they'll, they'll lead you a life. It's 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 like that, right? So uh, I remember the the, the first season was, was a little rough, right? But then this season, um, Anthony came up to us, uh, told us that he was thinking about you know um, merging with Solar. Right from the start, I, I believe it was it was a great idea, right? Um, he was gonna uh, make his club join Solar, and 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 we were gonna grow that Solar, um, Solar club, and in, in, in Caliville, we were gonna grow it. 
there with him and all that and, and, it, and it was amazing from the from the start it was you know thinking about oh whoa, yeah you know being a coach in, a, in, a, in an institution like solar is it's just like you know a good a, a good a good piece of of, of of employment in your resume right um and also and also the 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 fact that we were going to be able to provide those players um with a higher level competition right um from the beginning you know anthony always wanted to run his club professionally um and now that you know we have this platform solar um that attracts higher level players uh we're able to create a, a club there in Colleyville that that not only not only develops players but also develops character right develops uh tools that they're gonna need to be able to succeed right because when I was their age there was a lot of things that I didn't know and 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 I wish someone was there to tell me those things before before I embarked in that journey um to try and make it professional right because it, 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 some people tell you that it's hard to make it professional, but you don't really understand what that hard means, right? It is hard to make it professional, but it's even harder to to stay on top of your game the whole time, right? Um, a lot of these players don't understand that the the professional soccer is every day is 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 it's a fight for for the next paycheck, right? Because if in one season you don't perform, the next season you're not gonna be there, right? And and, and 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 it's just like that for for everyone. So, um, trying to teach these kids uh, uh, the way uh, like our failures, our failures as players, help us teach the players better, right? So they don't make the same mistakes that we made. And I feel like I can say that because I know, I know Hugo feels the same way. I know Anthony feels the same way because our our failures are the ones that teaches the best, uh, the best lessons, right? Unfortunately. You know, some of those failures, we don't want to have those failures, but we need to have those failures. And, and those failures taught me a lot in, in terms of how to how to uh, guide that player to towards towards the the goal that he has, right? Um, but yeah, um, right now I'm the head coach of the U19s and the U17s. And yeah, just just going day by day, trying to get better and then grow within, within the organization here. Anthony? I, I grew up in, in uh, England, in London, uh, and then we moved to some different parts in England. Basically, at 11 years old, um, we moved to DFW. Uh, my mom married an American guy, and we moved to here. Similar to Hugo, I struggled with the, the soccer atmosphere of, like, in, in England, it was obsessed with soccer, and here it wasn't really, especially, like, I'm 30, so especially 19 years ago, it was even more or less soccer than it is now. Now there's a bigger soccer scene than it was 20 years ago. So I kind of struggled with that in the beginning. And then I went back home for, I went back to England for a year because I didn't like it. And then, then I came back. Anyway, all in all, um, about 13 or 14 years old, I was full-time in DFW. Um, I played for Dallas Texans. That was my first uh, um, team that I played for, my first select team. Um, from there, I went to uh, DFW Tornadoes, which was back then. Um, that uh, They're not around anymore, but DFW Tornadoes. And then I did one year of um, – well, actually, I did one – going into college, I did one state cup with Solar Red back in the day with um, with Solkers 93 teams, uh, 93 team. Um, and obviously, I went to Birdville High School in my um, – high school career which is kind of cool because we, we trained near there 
Um, and then at 18, I basically left to, I went to one year of college in Division Two in New Mexico, which was um, Eastern New Mexico. And I played with one of, one of the guys that went to high school with me. His name was uh, Tyler. I went with him. And after, after um, I went there, what was it, in July. So by February, March, the coach came up to me and said, hey, I want to make you the, the captain for next year going to our school. And I told him, I was like, you know what, man, like, I really appreciate that. Like, I, I really do. But I'm just going to go to England because I don't want to be in college soccer anymore. So I basically just decided, hey, I don't want to be in college because I didn't believe it was going to help me and try to become a professional in playing three months out of the year. So I basically left everything at 19. My mom, I remember she told me, she was like, because they basically offered me, I, I had like an 85% scholarship, but they offered me a full ride for the next three years. And I said, um, I remember my mom telling me, she said, if you go right now, then you're responsible to pay for your college. Don't expect me to pay for it because you're throwing away a full ride. So I said, okay, whatever. Yeah, whatever. So at 19, I went to England. Um, I went to um, the first club I went to was Tuttenham, which was it, which was a they were like seventh, eighth division. No, sorry, they were a seventh division at the time. They were in seventh division in England, and that was a youth club that I used to play for when I was like seven, eight years old. My dad just took me up there, and we said, "Hey, we got a guy. Um, I used to play as a youth player. I played in America, blah blah blah." So anyway, I got a tryout, and. I made the reserve team. So I went from so I went from college, you know, D2 to seventh division uh reserve team. And basically from the reserve team, and then I went to the first team within about two months. So I did well on the reserve team, then I moved up to the first team. And then uh six months later I went to the sixth division. I did the same thing, reserve team to first team. And then six months later I did the same thing, fifth division, reserve team to first team. So that was that for me was the the most important uh, year and a half of my life, showing me what men's football is, not youth soccer. And even college is like, it's easy because they're all students. Whereas I was playing with milkmen, who if they didn't win on the weekend, their family didn't eat. Like it was it was ruthless. So it was kind of like men's football to where this playing out of the back crap. None that didn't happen down there. It was just long ball, and it was just you got to learn to you know, wind tackles, big metal studs in England weather. Like, it was just ruthless. Like, you know, you get your ankles destroyed. The coach is telling you to F off and just get up and stop being a little girl. Like, it's it's ruthless down there. So it was like, but it taught me a lot about how to play different styles of, of, of soccer. And that's kind of what Fierro said about how um, he learned the style from south to north. I learned a tremendous style from youth. Um kind of pretty playing out the back to going to men when playing out the back isn't even an option. Like they just want you to go long to your big number nine. So, and the fans actually more than anything, the fans in England, they don't like possession. So the seventh, sixth, fifth, all the lower leagues nowadays is kind of changing since Guardiola arrived, but the lower leagues it is very much like the fans don't allow you to play possession. They want long balls and they want direct play because they want to see the ball in, in the opposition area. So if I remember when I first got there, I was trying to play. And then when I went, when I started going there, I remember there was a few fans. And you know, you get maybe four or 500 loyal fans that have been supporting that club for 100 years in their family. And they were just saying, you know, who do you think you are playing out the back? Just 
freaking kick it up down the line. Like they, they just, they literally just wanted you to take to hit long balls down the channels. So my game changed in just playing channel balls. So as a midfielder, as a center mid, there was a lot of games when I was just like we used to call it yo-yo men, which was the ball would go from center back to forward, center back to forward, center back to forward, and then the midfielder never touches it. Your job is when you get your the only way you touch the ball is if you win the second ball, and then you win the ball back and then hook it over the over the defensive line. So there was no playing out the back. It was just unbelievable. Anyway, the that taught me a lot of how hard football was because the individual players were were really good. Like and there was especially a lot of wingers who were really good in those levels. But in all that eighteen months, um, that's when. Um, a guy from Gibraltar reached out to me on Twitter to come and tell me to play for... Um, he actually told me to play for Europa, which was Lincoln's rival in Gibraltar. And anyway, so I started looking up. I was like... So I spoke to my dad, because my dad lives in in London. And I said... I was living with my dad, and I said, should, should I move to Gibraltar? What do you think? Because at this time, they had just gotten into UEFA. They got into UEFA about three <laughs> months prior to them reaching out to me. So um, I decided... I called my grandmother and I, I decided to move to uh, Gibraltar to play. And so I live with my grandmother and um, I went to a club called Manchester 62. They were like founded in, Man- on, in 1962. There was a bunch of Gibraltarian people that went to Man United and they loved Man United. So they decided to bring the name Manchester 62 to Gibraltar and the club was founded in 1962. Anyways, so I played there for like five months, six months. And I did really well in the league. And then Lincoln kind of picked me up. So the time the time I was in uh, Manchester, uh, the Gibraltar League was, was all locals. And so we played. So the second half of the season was from January to um, May. And there was hardly any foreigners. And then the next year, we started back in August. And out of like the 11 teams, there was maybe three local players per team. They were all foreigners. So basically, with the influx of UEFA, the whole team had just, we started getting Brazilians, Argentinians, Peru, like you just name it, Spain, Portugal, Italy, everyone started coming because if you won the league, you play Champions League qualifiers. And if you come second, you play Europa League qualifiers. So all these people started flooding into our league. And anyway, so I, I, I went there for five, I stayed there for four years in Lincoln. Um, we won three league titles. I, I, we lost one by one point. And then um, we won all the cups. We won, we won a lot of stuff. Lincoln's the most dominant team. And then my, that was really, when I, when I played at Lincoln in Gibraltar, that was kind of the first, when I, when I got there at 21 years old to when I was 25, that was when all those foreigners came in, that was when I, I truly like improved a lot as a player in the first year because I was playing with guys who were, from different countries so my game really improved a lot so from when i was 19 i left the u.s to play in like men's football in lower leagues and then i went to see the top level kind of weird guys that played in la liga for 10 years come to play for lincoln we had guys playing uh, second division spain first division greece we had all these like like old kind of players that have been playing top level football for 10 years that no one now wants to give them contracts in the top professional leagues. So they come to Gibraltar because Gibraltar, you get more money than third division in Spain. So they said, well, I'm going to go and play in Gibraltar. And more than that, on top of it, in Spain, in Portugal, in these, in these countries, they give you a contract 
but then if the team isn't performing, they just stop paying you. So and and the span and the Spanish court law is like if you if someone doesn't pay you, it could take you five years to get a to get a yes on that for them to be able to pay your money. So there's a lot of like the the the, the justice system you think is bad in the US, it freaking sucks in Spain. So the so the, what they would basically do is they would say, you know what, just go to let's go to Gibraltar because we know we're gonna get paid because Gibraltar is part of Britain and they're more like they're they're, they're legal like the US. So Anyway, that, that made us get a lot of good players. And for myself, um, it was it was amazing to see how, like, you know, our legendary players like Lee Cassiaro and Roy and all these guys, that when we got into UEFA, they were 30 years old. And their whole life had been flipped from amateur to semi-pro within, like, a few months to where these guys, like, when Fiora's point about me being old with kids, they did, they were old with kids. So they had two kids 30 years old with a wife who was used to a, a certain life training twice a week for soccer to now becoming five days a week going to work nine to five then training seven to nine every day and then playing games on weekends and then leaving because you got an international game to go to Greece for 10 days and then going to Malta for 10 days and going to all these places and then the wives would were quickly like hey what the heck's going on here like I've, now my husband's completely gone at 30 years old so that was a really big jump for like the culture of people. So which the only way we had to we had to do that because we had to compete. And so it was a big transitional shift. And only about three or four of the players actually lasted 10 years because the other ones, it's very difficult for you to ask a 30 year old to change your whole life in one day. So the UEFA was brilliant for the long term project. But for the, the people that were currently playing, their whole life would, would change. And, and I remember, like, I was telling uh, Matt Colvin this the other day at, at the girls' training. When we, when we played, uh, when Germany won the World Cup in 2014, we played them the game after. <clears throat> so, and it, they did the lineups. And it was amazing how our 11 and their 11, their 11 was, you know, Boateng, Schweinsteiger, all these guys. And our 11 was carpenter, construction worker, uh, military defense policeman, military defense policeman, um, accountant. And then there was only like two or three of us who were full-time, like soccer was their only job. We call it professional, but it wasn't really professional. It was like our, our only income was, fo was football, which technically you're a professional, but you weren't making a lot of money. So there was like me, there was Liam, there was a few other, uh, there was maybe one other guy and the rest of them. And I'll show you one day, like it was amazing, the picture. It was in the in the Sun newspaper, which is like the big newspaper in England. And the, the two 11s, it was unbelievable, construction worker and all this stuff. And then we beat, we lost 4-0 away to Germany. And then the next day in all the newspapers, it was saying Gibraltar is better than Brazil because Brazil lost 7-1 and we lost 4-0. And <laughs> then they were talking about how Brazil had Neymar and all these guys, and we had construction workers and military defense policemen, and we got a better result than they did against Germany. So it was it was like, an, that kind of helped us also get on the map. Um, and over, over time, so then basically at 25, I, I realized that I wouldn't be able to, like my professionalism of training came too late for me. So I really got good when I was like 21 to 24, but that was too late to catch on to the other guys. So I, I basically felt that I had maximized my potential as a player by the time I was 25 years old. 
And if I would have had the training that now, like the Gibraltar youth national team players, they're already playing, you know, U15, U17, U19, U21 qualifiers. I got thrown into playing senior at 21 years old. So I got thrown into playing the best of the best players at 21. And even though it was amazing for like me as a player, really we were so outmatched because we had never had development. Like we, our development was division two university of three months. And then me playing with men's football twice a week, Tuesday and Thursday trainings with half of the team that used to, you know, drink beer after the game. Like that was just, that was our, our my development to then play against Germany. Like, so it was just, and I, I maximized myself so much, but 25, when they started, like, and I didn't ever do gym and this stuff. And then they started bringing in this gym crap and this and this. And I was like, listen, I'm not going to do freaking gym. Like, I haven't done gym for 25 years old. Don't expect me now to tell my whole life and do gym sessions. So it was a thing of, if I had started doing gym at 17, it would have been normal for me. But at 25, I, I felt like, man, I think I would be more influential in helping mold the next youth rather than me trying to maximize my potential because really I don't think I had the ability to play. So I had the ability, but I didn't, I didn't know if I had the mind, the, the, the body to compete against those guys. So I remember Eric Quill, the North Texas coach, he would tell me your mind and your feet are as good as a top player, but your body isn't as good as a top player. So you got to have all three to play at the top level. So I wasn't an amazing athlete. I was, I was great with my feet. I was great with mine. Like I read the game and I saw steps ahead and I had a great mentality, but my body wasn't a top level player because I hadn't really truly worked on it. Like these guys and sometimes, and I would say partly it's obviously it's my fault, but at the same time, I didn't get the development from a young kid that these now kids are getting. And now, now that I work with, you know, Gibraltar's national team, I see the 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds, they were more ripped and more quicker than I ever was, even at 25, because they have, they're having all the training every day. So um, I just that's when I came back to the U.S. and I basically, um, I spoke to my, my national team coach, Julio, and I said, hey, I, wanna, I think I want to retire. I think I want to finish playing. And he said, just give me one more year because I've got to replace someone to play, to play in your position. So I, I did one more year, and that's when I said no. And that's why I, I stayed trying to play in Texas and all this stuff because I needed to do another year. So I left in um, – I played for Lincoln for like three more months in 2018 from August to November for the, for the qualifiers. And then I left in November, and that's when I tried out at the tryout for North Texas in January, and that's where I met Fierro and all these guys. And I remember I was, I was there – in two or three months prior, I was playing qualifiers against, you know, some of the best guys in the world. And then February, I was there in MoneyGram at 25 degrees in with 150 people trying out for this second USL team. I was like, what the heck is this? So I remember when I went there, anyway, John Gal came up to me and was like, hey, so what's your story and blah, blah. Anyway, they invited me for preseason. And that's when I did the the training with them. But in my mind, I was like, when can I cap out? Because like I was, I was done at that time of playing. So then I, I basically trained all the way through June because June, I knew I was going to retire in 2019 of June. So I retired in June. And prior to that, I spoke to Eric and said, Hey, I, I'm going to retire. Like, like I'm just, I'm just done with this. 
And so then I asked, hey, can I come and join the coaching staff? So that's when I joined the coaching staff with Eric and Michelle and all the guys and Alex. Um, <laughs> and basically, that, that was that was the next best six months of my coaching career because I, I learned what it was to coach in a professional coaching staff. So I remember with Ardy and with Eric and like these guys, like they're, they're highly professional people. <clears throat> and we actually, we actually won the USL League One Championship in 2019. That was the first ever year. And it was, I remember like, you know, Pepe was with us, um, Tanner Tesman, all these guys that now are playing in Europe. Um, it was cool <clears throat> to be a part of their development to then go over to go overseas. And I know Pepe, he's now at PSV. He's doing, he's doing really well. Um, but it's, it was, it was cool to like jump into the other side. But at the end of, of, of November, I basically had a decision. Um, so I remember speaking with, you know, Chris and all these guys, uh, Chris Hayden, the one that runs FC Dallas. So I was saying, you know, do I stay here? Do I become an MLS next coach? Do I become part of the academy or do I go and build my own club? And for level of play, I would have gone to MLS and um, next and, and coaching there because they're all the top players. But I said, you know what, like, how do I measure my impact? Is my impact going to be more successful with, with, within a professional team or is it going to be more impactful if I build my own club and build a culture of people? So I decided, like, I was fully immersed in building my own club. So I built my own club. And so from there to now, I basically have learned a lot about North Texas soccer and how it works. Hi, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know it's just the introductions of the coaches, and it is normally not by itself, but they shared a lot of information and interesting insight into the game and their experience as a player and coaches, and I think if we keep that in mind, this intro is really interesting, and they all have an interesting story to share. And I also think if you're looking at coaches, it gives a general idea of who they are. Now, in this episode, they did share their introductions. In the next two episodes, it's the creation of Lincoln FC, the merging of Lincoln FC with Solar, that's the next episode, too. And the third episode is the Lincoln Football Academy. And I hope you guys will listen to the next two episodes, because I feel like there's a lot of information in there for parents to hear and to understand what goes on behind the scenes and the goals and ambitions of coaches like Coach Anthony and Coach Hugo and Coach Ferrero on how they and why they are doing what they're doing. If you take the time to listen. Now... This is not my normal thing in my episodes, but if you guys really do enjoy these podcasts, please start sharing them. Let the world know that I exist. I hope you guys enjoy it. Give some type of review, and the more reviews I get, the easier it is for the podcast to pop up in other services. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. Comments, concerns, I'm here to listen. But until next time, I'll see you at the pitch.